Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Hey, this is Tom Marshall. I want to wish a happy birthday to some friends. Five years ago, two pals, RJB and Brad Tenbrook, decided to review a 1995 fish show from Dayton, Ohio. Thus, the first of almost 150 Helping Friendly Podcast episodes was born. HF Pod is the cornerstone of Osiris, and without it, neither Under the Scales nor Osiris would exist. So happy birthday and congratulations to founders RJB and Brad Tenbrook, and also to the other HF Pod family members, Jonathan Hart and Matt Dwyer. Well done, guys. Hey everybody, this is the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is episode 138. I'm here with Jonathan and Matt. What's up guys? Hey guys. Hey, hey. Um, We are doing a quick uh, conversation before we jump into a conversation with Don, 
who is the host and founder of Female Centrics, the podcast. We'll talk about that a little bit as we dive into the episode. But first, just uh, wanted to say hi. What's going on, guys? What's, what's been happening in the world of, of fish and music? Anything? Not much for, for me. It's been pretty quiet around here. Um, yep. You had, pretty- had anything new come up recently, RJ? Not much. Um, just, you know, got to talk to... Um, Talked to the guy from Fish for a while last week, which was which was pretty cool. Um, but besides that, it's been pretty pretty quiet, you know. Just a just a casual ninety minute conversation with Trey. But um, aside from that, you know, nothing else. Way to undersell it, dude. Well, um, if people haven't heard, there's an episode of Under the Scales, the podcast hosted by Tom Marshall with uh, Trey talking about the twentieth anniversary of Story of the Ghost, along with Tom and and with me. So. I think it turned out pretty well, guys. There's tons of cool stories that Trey tells. I mean, it was a really pretty wonderful uh, experience for me. But you guys were on the listening side. Did you did you enjoy listening back to it? I uh, I really dug it. Um, Trey and Tom, of course, whenever they get talking, there's a there's the rapport there is is groovy. And Trey, he just has a lot to say. He's always got like one more thing about this topic before the next. And <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's a lot of pretty cool one more things. And uh, just hearing the basic origin behind, although unrelated to Story of the Ghost, but behind uh, I Am Hydrogen was a, <laughs> yeah. was a big fan of that song, as I may be. Um, that was pretty great. It's also really disheartening to hear that Trey can't pronounce Roger. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, I thought it was really funny that both times that Trey's been on Under the Scales, Tom is like very, very prepared with a list of questions, and he's like trying to work at it, and he's like, "Okay, Trey, I want to be you know sensitive to your time and and get through this." And Trey's like, "Yeah, that's cool, except I have this other thing that I want to talk about too." <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a good in a good way that he's so, yeah. he's so game to uh, to talk about, it. and just so many amazing stories came out of that stuff that I wouldn't even have thought to ask about from that, that period that he just brought up and, and went into in amazing detail. Yeah. Yeah. Also there's the, the little like looking ahead, uh, nugget that Trey is currently writing yet another, you know, multi-part composition type piece. Um, that's cool. Yeah. And I look forward to cool the moment to when we hear that. Definitely. Yeah. It was, um, it was like, we were just kind of chatting with him, you know, it wasn't like, Probably for him, not like an interview, you know, where you're on the phone with a journalist or whatever. He was just kind of chatting with Tom and, and this other guy. Um, so he, he just he was being very open and honest about a lot of stuff. It was cool. And that, that toward the end, as you guys heard, the talked a lot about Paige's rig and how much he he's, you know, admires the way Paige is playing and talked about Fishman being the greatest drummer in the world and talked about Mike being awesome. And so he seems to be pretty happy with this with this band of his. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, so yeah, if people haven't um, haven't heard, go to underthescales.com, um, or you can find Under the Scales on iTunes and everywhere else. But it was really fun, great, great thrill, and great reception so far. This is uh, by the time this comes out, I guess the episode will have been out for two days. But we're recording this the day it came out, and um, a lot of really just appreciative people. And I will say that you know once we've finished recording it. The first thing I said to Tom was like, I, I just can't wait for people to hear this. Um, Cause you know, it was cool to interview Trey and it was, it was fun and all that, but everything we do on this podcast and through Osiris and everything else is for the community, you know? So I was just, I was really excited for people to be able to 
listen to that. Didn't you start this podcast with the hope that you would get to interview Trey one day? So now you can you can quit, right? Yeah, yeah, that was it. It was like I, I set a ten year time limit. I just wanted to be realistic. It's been five years, so you know we're five years That's ahead. So for the next five years of the podcast, we're just gonna. Um, I don't know. I think it's just gonna be radio silence. It's easy street. Just coast on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Riding those fumes, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> what else? What else is going on in fish news, guys? Baker's dozen. Baker's dozen like, box. Exactly. So and pe- records. Yeah, we'll, we should link to that. Um, but w- tell people what, what the box the options are for boxes. Two boxes, right? Or is there only one box? Well, there's one big box that has like 30, what's 36, 30,000 CDs with all mm-hmm. 13 shows. Mm-hmm. And it's got some miniature posters and some other stuff and a really nice package which reminds me a lot of some of the like the Grateful Dead deluxe boxes like they did for Europe 72 or what mm-hmm. have you. Um, and uh, it's all, all the material's been remixed and mastered by somebody. What's his name? Do you remember, Matt? It's Elliot Shiner. Elliot Shiner. Thank yeah. you. He did, you told me this. He did the MSG 95 set, right. which sounds terrific. Uh, so that, that bodes well. He also, yeah, he did the uh, the It DVD. Um, I think that was the first thing he worked on with Fish, and then the the New Year's '95 box. Um, he's also, I mean, he's a legendary mix engineer. He worked on yeah, he's been um, Steel, Steely Dan's Gaucho, which is nice. like one of the greatest sounding records ever, according good. to a lot of people. Um, yeah, it's no Asia. Yeah, I think he was <laughs> maybe he was an engineer on Asia too. Um, he's done he Asia's a lot, no- of, a lot of stuff. Um, Asia's no pretzel logic. Um, <laughs> no but, Katie lied. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Matt, so Matt, as as someone who doesn't um, use physical media, speaking of myself, I, I don't, I just don't like, I was, I was curious to see people talking about all kinds of different um, theories about this, but also I know that you were posting on Twitter about the, you know, physical media and how that's a big part of people's people's lives still i i listen to everything online and through the live fish app which i've subscribed to for a long time um and i encourage people to subscribe to it as well but matt what what are the advantages and is it more of a collector thing or do you think there are significant advantages um you know sound wise to to getting something like this yeah this is a little bit of a head scratcher and i've got to think that um because they announced it so far ahead of the release and are taking pre-orders now that tells me that they're probably trying to make only you know the number of boxes that they need to by getting people to um you know pre-order early uh before they manufacture um i'm just take, taking taking a stab in the dark i don't know maybe they want to let people kind of save up for it and there's a lot of tour costs and stuff like that but um it's it's weird to me though because you know you mentioned physical media um and i'll, I'll correct one thing that you said I, i'm into physical media but not digital physical media. Um, so, you know, I'm a, as, as Jonathan is, too, it, yeah. you know, we're, we're both vinyl guys. Um, so if I like buying products, I like supporting the artists, um, you know, that, that I like. Um, but if I'm going to spend money on an album or a release, it's going to be on vinyl, um, CDs. I just don't have any use for in my life anymore. I mean, I, the only place I have a CD player is in my car. And I think my car that I've had for three years, I don't think I've ever actually put a CD into it. Um, <laughs> you know, I do digital. I'm, I'm not a, you know, vinyl only guy. I've got a huge digital collection. I do a lot of high res, 
um, stuff on, in my, my own collection. I've got like a streaming server in my house and, um, you know, I'm, I'm into it. I'm, I'm I do, you know, the whole thing and I, and I want to be able to pay for that kind of stuff. And I understand that, um, you know, putting, putting out 13 shows on vinyl would be impractical for a number of reasons. I mean, the number of, you know, the number of records it would take, the length of some of the jams is a little bit prohibitive, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. And it, it may not be a good idea, but as a collector, it's weird to me because like that, that box with all the little tchotchkes and the posters and everything like that, that that's right up my alley. And I know a lot of people don't get into those deluxe boxes and they just want the music. Um, you know, I'll, I'll spend a little bit of extra coin to, to get something like that, but not for 36 CDs. And I kind of if wish, I could, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, John. No, no, let's hear your wish. And then I want to pile on a little. Well, so like, I mean, if ideally for me, I would have loved to have seen like what the Grateful Dead did with their 30 trips box where they had a CD version and they had a USB stick version. And so you could get um, the box and all of the stuff and you get, you're paying for the music, you know, you're not pirating it. You're not, not, you don't have a guilty conscience about it or anything like that. Um, but you get a USB stick with high res files on it. Um, instead of, you know, wasting a bunch of plastic and taking a bunch of, a a bunch of space on your shelf with CDs that are literally never going to get listened to. I largely support that. I mean, I have a CD player in my very old truck and, uh, the only CDs I buy are things that I can only get on CD. So really like independent artists who just aren't putting out every single thing on vinyl. So I will buy the vinyl release. And so we haven't really specified for the folks who don't know, there's in addition to the big box, there is a, a 13 track sampler. I think it's 13 track sampler that will be on CD and LP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember how many LPs it is, but it's, it's, I think um, it's six. Yeah, yeah. Six, so it's like it's a box in itself, and yeah. will be substantive, and uh, will be on my shelf at some point. Um, there's no doubt that I will buy that. But I, I kind of agree with the notion that it would be cool if there were like a, a thumb drive version or whatever. But um, you know, I think that. Grateful Dead have a lot of success with these CD boxes. They set them out. I mean, just even just compact discs sets that are like three discs. They can release one, sell it out in pre-order in in minutes. They just the last Dave's picks sold out in like an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah, and uh, maybe they're looking to that model, hoping to see that kind of success. I think that the Fish audience skews younger. And a little more, a little bit more tech savvy. Although great deadheads tend to, many deads have been deadheads have been cutting edge for years and stay ahead of the line. But um, but also fish fish has seen a lot of piracy. They see a lot mm. of people trading stuff. So if they put out a a, a thumb drive of these shows, high res audio of these shows. You and I, the, we we all know that we would probably see that link being passed around uh, very soon after release day, and um, and that's okay. That's not particularly cool, and it certainly doesn't work well for the band. So I'm not entirely surprised they aren't going there yet. Um, yeah, but yeah. It, you, it's interesting. But it's also just could be an experiment, right? See what happens. Unique experience the bigger's dozen and sort of see what happens with it. I mean, you do get 
of course, like you guys mentioned, Matt, um, I think you mentioned the, you know, there's the, there's an 86 page book with color photographs, essays with new interviews, set list journals, a patch, commemorative tickets, eight mini prints and a new Jim Pollock screen print. So that's like a lot of really cool shit. So maybe yeah, you're getting some, getting oh, yeah. some for your money. But the yeah, 36 cool CDs stuff. are like, that's a big, um, like you said, it's a lot of shelf space, but people should, you know, check it out. Um, it's interesting. So you guys are both, are you going to both get the LP thing? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm in for the LP box. Um, I'm going to, I've got some time to convince myself cause I, I I'm kind of back and forth on the CD box about like, you know, maybe I just get it anyway. Cause that's the thing is I do want to hear the, you know, the new mix of all the shows mm-hmm. and everything like mm-hmm. that. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. So, um, I'm, I'm not going to commit to that yet and I'm going to give myself a little time to think about it. Well, I don't also, have, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jonathan. Well, I'm also kind of hoping that we'll see a, um, a later, if they do well enough on this, maybe they'll uh, take pity on us and give us a little like uh, individual show release. You notice the sampler doesn't have anything from Jam Night, and there's another night that they emitted. I can't remember mm-hmm. which Jimmy's. I think mm-hmm. missing from it. And um, Matt and I were there, you know. Well, so, um, but <laughs> my point being is that I'm sure that they withheld those. Probably thinking, well, you want them, you got to get the big box. But maybe at some point they'll let those shows out too individually or something. Um, Also, I'm hoping that they see enough success with this project that they're willing to do a video audio boxed set of Big Cypress for the 20th anniversary next year. That's a good idea. Well, yeah, and so I, I, I was saying earlier, you know, trying to figure out where their heads are at and maybe they're, they're trying to gauge interest in this, but this, I feel like this might be a test run for something like that. Um, you know, they put out right. the, um, the, uh, Clifford ball DVD set and that kind of bumped right up against the the period when DVDs were kind of on their last legs. Um, you know, there's the other festivals, including Cyprus and, you know, the great white, those two, you know, the great went the, the lemon wheel. People would love to see all of those, put out probably, but I think that a lot of the same questions would come up, you know, I mean, are people going to buy a DVD box set? Are they going to buy a Blu-ray box set? Um, yes. every, everybody clamors for big Cypress. And the funny thing to me was like, you know, everybody's like Cypress, 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 when's it coming out? But then they were announce something that's kind of analogous to that in this huge CD set. And it's like, why would I want to buy <clears throat> CDs? So I, I wonder what it is that, you know, people are looking for in a Cypress box set other than for it to just be you know the music to just be available uh, and i don't I know want right. a full mastered soundboard version release of the thing i mean we don't even have a full soundboard of those shows i mean everybody Biggest knows that already come on has been you know yes it's been remixed but we've all heard soundboards you know we all like i uh, probably all three of us subscribe to live fish everybody else has heard what they if they want to hear it they've made their they've heard it uh it may be not as good as the new release will sound, but we've all heard that. Big Cypress, it's been almost 20 years. We haven't heard the whole thing in soundboard straight through. You know you want it. There's video of the whole thing. <laughs> At least they filmed it, whether they've kept it. <laughs> yeah, they, they probably they forgot to it. keep it. They forgot to know. keep it. You know, they forgot maybe, to keep it. Maybe they taped some murder she wrote over it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, and then the, right. the same so, goes for the wet and lemon wheel. We so, want those two. It may be surprising to everyone listening, 
Jonathan and others feel strongly that Big Cyber should be released. This is the first time anyone's ever expressed this opinion. I, I think nobody's it's Im- ever said it out loud. It's, Im- I know. it's important to be heard. You know, we got to let all <laughs> opinions be heard. All right, so guys, so, go ahead. Are well, you going to so, say something else about Big Cypress? Well, yeah. I mean, it's you know we're going to talk about Big Cypress all night, right? No, I mean, so maybe it's an interesting question. When you guys hear this tweet at us, um, maybe we'll we'll get the, get it going on. Like, tell us what is your what is your ideal big cypress box that look like what do you what kind of media do you want what what do you want included how much are you willing to spend or are you just going to pirate the thing and you just want it to be out there i I think (laughs) they should i'm going to vote for the model that the grateful dead used for the uh vanita 72 show remaster you're supposed to tweet at us ability no i no i i i have verbal communication capacity here uh remaster the video to the best of reason of, of the ability um remaster the audio put it out in a blu-ray set put it out in a cd only set put it out on vinyl in, inject it into my veins and um thank you please thank you <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into this conversation with Don from Female Centrics, but let's first just say there's Fall Tour also coming. Um, I I claimed, I think I mentioned it briefly in an intro um, a few weeks back and said that I think it was the first time that there's nothing but uh, multi-night runs in a in a tour. I don't know. I still don't know if that's true, but I, I think it, it feels true. Um, so that's kind of cool, right? Do you guys think that's cool that, that they, they're playing multiple nights everywhere? I thought it was just three nights at Hampton. Is there other shows? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think there are a couple others. There's a Halloween show somewhere and there's some other stuff. No, they're going, you yeah. know, you know yeah. where they're going. They're, they're going, going all over the place, except, yeah. except for that one place that you, not you guys, but that I'm talking to you out there that you want them to go. Yeah. <laughs> Probably missing your city, but, uh, they are playing a bunch of really cool stuff like Chicago and, uh, uh, they're not really doing a lot of Northeast. No, they're going Albany, Hampton, Nashville, Chicago, and Vegas, all multi-night, at least two nights in each of those places, which is cool. Um, I think we're all going to hopefully hang out in Hampton, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, so, guys, you guys have, I think, listened a little bit to to Female Centric since they launched, what, two months ago or so. They're part of the Osiris Network, um, the, the the first sort of female-centered fish discussion Um that we have. I think it's what they're doing is really cool. And, um, I had a really good conversation with Don. Um, did you guys, um, you guys have listened to the podcast. Any, any thoughts to throw out there before we, uh, before we start the interview and let people hear from Don? I really love the show. Um, I think I've said it on Twitter or something, but, uh, it, it is the first place I've heard the word Spange in a long time. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I think she's put together a really cool show. It's very entertaining. And, um, uh, they, bring a good perspective and not just female or whatever. It's just, it's they're they're good knowledgeable heads who dig the music and have something to say. So it's, it's a lot of fun to listen to. And I'm sorry I missed the interview. Yeah. Likewise, I know, um, you know, RJ, you and I were talking last summer during the Baker's dozen about, uh, you know, this sort of, surge in, in female interest in the community, the, the fish chicks, uh, Facebook group getting going and, you know, yeah. my wife and a lot of, you know, women that I know in the fish scene who are not necessarily engaged in the way that we are, um, you know, suddenly kind of coming together and, and, um, that it was a perfect time for something like that. So I'm, um, so happy that, that Dawn got that going when she did, cause, uh, I think it's a, it's a valuable resource and she's seen a lot of success with it already. 
Yeah, definitely. And she talks a little bit in the interview about, you know, how it started and, and how it came to be. But um, you can hear hear more of that in a minute. I guess the only things I would say are um, please give us a review on, on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Um, and I don't know. Is there anything else? Talk to us on Twitter at HFPod about the Big Cypress release format of your choice. Yes. <laughs> Jonathan and Matt are going to make them in, the, in their basements. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and I guess thanks everyone for listening. You know, I think that's it. We should get into the interview. So thanks, guys. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, until next time, keep on rocking. Hey everybody, I'm here with Don Jenkins. Hi Don. Hi, how you doing? Great. Um Don is uh is has become a friend recently because she just launched um the the first and only um fish focused podcast that's run and and run by females, I guess is the way I would put it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And it's mm-hmm. I, I want to talk to you more about it. It's interesting because we've had conversations and heard feedback from people for several years, you know, like that, the, our podcast and others, like, you know, it's a bunch of dudes, it's a bunch of white dudes with beards. I don't have a beard, but most, <laughs> most of them do. And I think that's, you know, there, there's like the spectrum of thinking about that from like, yeah, that's, that's the fan base to like the other end of the spectrum is like, well, there's all kinds of different fans and we should bring in the perspectives. And so I don't know, I'm just, I'm really grateful that you started this project. Cause I think it, it brings in a completely different perspective that, we've been kind of missing for a while. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, and, and when it was first brought to my um, attention by Tom and both of you hopped on it, it was almost like, I mean, when it was brought up, it was almost, and I said, yeah, I'll do it. It was, I think within less than a day that both of you guys were on the email and really supportive. So I was like, all right, I think that we're onto something here. So, um, yeah, I mean, your support has been huge with this, you know? Awesome. I appreciate you saying that. And we'll talk more about the podcast because you have learned quickly about the 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 pros and cons and the labor of love that it is. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that. But, yes, and, definitely. And, and I guess we should say before we get too far that uh, Dawn's podcast is female centrics um, with a PH. Um, mm-hmm. And, she, you know, as is HF Pod, she's part of the, the Osiris Network, which is how we all know each other here. But... Um, Wanted to kind of talk with you, Don, both about the podcast, but also about your fish journey, because I think on your podcast, you interview a lot of great, um, great people, a lot, mostly women who, are, you know, I just I love hearing these. It's a different, completely different style from what we do here. But it's but it's also like you you, you cover similar ground, you know, so it's, it's interesting yes. to hear different people's perspectives. But um what what's you, but you don't ever talk on your podcast really about your story except anecdotally I think you'll jump in and throw in a, a something a show you were at or whatever but you don't you haven't really told people your story yeah yeah no um yeah no it's interesting you know we kind of little bits here and there you know of like the uh the you know tour stories that come in or you know the random you know well this is how many shows i've been to or that sort of thing but no i haven't really done because my first question to all my people i interview is like what's your fish story you know how'd you get into this um um yeah yeah so you know and i would say you know for me it really began with the grateful dead 
mm-hmm. um, because it was that it was the culture, the whole part of it. And you know, I only got to see Jerry twice. Um, but I'll never forget it was in, it was at Boston gardens. It was 90. Well, the, my first show was in 94, but I went down to Boston gardens in 93 and the way that, um, you, you know, you come off of the, of the subway, the T and back then, um, you'd walk right onto lot. So it was like the, you know, the elevators opened mm. and it, it, the only way I can say it is that like my life began and and it was just you know there was drums off to the side and i'll never forget it was this couple that walked by and it was a guy walking in front of uh in front of a, a girl and she was just after him going bad hippie bad hippie <laughs> i was like what is this you know what 18 years on? old yeah right freshman in college right out of you know just like what like I didn't even know what a dreadlock was back then. You know, there was like nothing as far as that piece was concerned. You and know, you, I, I, you you grew up in the Northeast because you live in Maine now. Have you you spent most of your life up there? Um, I have been in Maine since '01, um, but I am a tried and true Massachusetts girl, okay. um, and so and we're right on the border as well. Um, so and I went to school in uh, Salem, Mass, where okay. the witches are there. So yeah. we were you know, going in for that one. But, um, but anyway, so, so then, you know, so that was like a big part of it, but, um, you know, my friend Mary Lodge, who was also, or Smith now (laughs) is one of my, uh, co-hosts, her big brother was the one who, you know, we were hanging out and, um, and, and they pushed fee and I'll just, I'll never forget it. It was just, it came on, and, you know, once again, it's like not to be all like dramatic about it, but it was mm-hmm, like my life mm-hmm, changed. It mm-hmm. was like all of a sudden I was like, I want to be part of this. This mm-hmm. is I felt like I was getting in on something from the bottom up, which in retrospect, I realized, you know, in 90, you know, I heard it in 93. But like I in re- like I was, you know, we were at, at that point and being walking into the Grateful Dead lot, it was already established, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah. so. I always, you know, I was looking, it was the elders, you know, looking up to the elders and watching what they were doing and seeing all that. But we were creating the fish community and the culture as it, you know, as we grew into it, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So Fee was my first one. And then um, I remember, um, you know, I remember that part there. And then just my first show was uh, July 9th of 94 at, Great Woods. Wow. And yeah. And and so it was the second of the shows because it was the night before was the very last game hand ever played. Right, 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 right. Yeah. This was the next night, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and and it's funny because that, you know, for a long time I was like, Oh, I missed out on that. I can't believe that. Da, 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 da. And this this was one story that I did mention in, in my podcast at one point in time, but I'll never forget it was uh Worcester, it was those early, what was it, twelve that they played the June shows they opened up summer tour a few years back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great shows. Um, but it was uh the indoor shows at the beginning of summer tour. Yes, yes, yes. Which please come back to Worcester guys. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, but I was, I was, you know, communicating with this guy who was a mute and he, and so he was talking to me through his pad of paper and we were talking about the subject and he was like, you know what though? He's like, it was probably good that you didn't. He's like, because you know, you'd a, you'd, it would be like, you would have nothing to chase right. for that's part of it. But also I don't think I would have known what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it, that first experience to me would have been almost like I was an outsider. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy to think about because that's like those two shows at, at Great Woods. The seven eight was the was Game Henge with like yeah. and, you know all that stuff, and then uh, uh, you enjoy myself and, and really good show and then seven nine was just like the exact opposite in terms of being like a a good solid but like very you know for for middle of 94 like yeah exactly yeah yeah so you're which is maybe better yeah exactly exactly i like i hadn't ever heard of uh hadn't heard Susie greenberg before but they played it that night and i remember just being like what Mm -hmm. this is so exciting Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like but then once again it brings me back to being outside in the lot, mm-hmm. you know, we were walking around and, and, uh, I'll never forget. Cause I still actually, I'm, I, I hold on to everything. So I still have one of these little, uh, plastic beads and somebody's necklace or something must've broken. And they were all over this one part of it. And we were like walking around, picking them up. And then all of a sudden it was almost like we bumped into like head to head with another, like two or three people that were also on the journey for these little <laughs> plastic beads. <laughs> And they're like, wow. yeah, they're like, have you seen the little balls? I'm like, we're like, yeah, we have two, man. You know, like this, like, like you know, oh, moment yeah, to yeah. different love. But again, it's just that, like, being part of something that was, you know, you felt important, you know, mm-hmm. like I felt along those lines. So, so that's how I really got into, into fish, um, uh, and what, yeah. and and so like so that's summer ninety four and then you go through I know you saw some fall ninety four New Year's then into ninety five obviously what were some of the highlights of um, early fish or or that you saw or I mean, yeah, times yeah. when you really were like holy shit this is uh, this is amazing this is big yeah exactly um, again I was with Mary it was uh, Providence ninety four and we were with another good friend of ours who also was like on my beginning, my our friend Chris and uh, we had like a really weird situation happen out in the parking lot with this girl that we were with. And she ended up like taking off. She kind of bugged out and left. And we were like, what? Like we don't like even know where she went. Yeah. So I, I haven't seen, yeah, I haven't seen her since. Like, I don't even know where she went. Like <laughs> I heard a few years later, she was fine, but still. Like, oh, man. So it's just this, like weird, just like, ah, and then we go in and, <laughs> And I mean that David Bowie, you know, <laughs> it's like the, uh, I have to Providence take a drink. Di- I have to take a drink when you mention that because I've I've mentioned the Providence Bowie so many times on this podcast that I have friends who like facetiously say, you know, drink once when, when you mention Providence Bowie. So I literally just had to take a drink of my beer. So please <laughs> okay. go because I'm incredibly jealous that you got to be there because that's oh, yeah, one yeah. of my favorites of all time. Sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. Well, and, and it's like, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my husband about it the other day. I was like, I don't know how I remember so much more of 3.0 versus 1.0, but I mean, that's a silly statement to say, but I feel like um, you know, you're in the moment of it all and this and that, but, I, but that 90, that, that night was just so significant. And, and that David Bowie from the get go was, you know, imprinted in me. Mm-hmm. And once again, you know, I, I was becoming part of fish history without realizing it. So, you know, and so it doesn't surprise me that that's come up so many times on your, on your show. Like when, when you and I had first originally connected about, you know, me being on this, um, I started to, you know, think about the different things and I'm like, there's, there's no way they haven't talked about yeah. this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have like, it's kind of funny. We've had like one episode just about the show 
And then in probably a third of the episodes, somehow it comes up just because, you know, it's it's part of to me, it's probably the it's my favorite fish improv moment maybe ever just because it's so it feels very organic, but it's also just so intense and meaningful. And um, so, yeah, I I talk about it all the time still, and I still listen to it a lot. And Brad, one of my one of our co-hosts, he got me the Mike Hamid like jam chart of the Providence Bowie for uh, I think for my birthday a couple of years ago, and now it's hanging in our uh, entryway of our house. So like, oh, what is that? What is that? I don't know what you're talking it's about. Like, what is that? You know, Mike Hamid, he does the jam chart. So he started with the Tahoe Tweezer in 2013, and he uh-huh. he basically like charts out fish jams. He was doing it live, like as they were play, like with. Which, Can you say chart out? What do you mean by chart out? Um, so it's like a visualization of how the music evolves. So it's like the piano is wow. doing this and this is the key they're in and then it switches to this. I'll send you a picture and I'll post a picture of the uh, Prov- Providence Bowie jam chart for our listeners. But I'll, I'll send you a picture after we talk because yeah. it's people come in to our house who've never been here and are like, what is this thing? And then I have to explain the whole thing. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> very meaningful to me, too. But um, that's really cool. So did you... Did you see like pretty consistent, like, were you hooked, you know, after end of 94 onward? Like, were you seeing yeah, shows abs- consistently? Absolutely. Because, you know, right. I mean, shortly, I mean, that Providence show, I think it was uh, the 29th of December. And then um, then they were in Boston for 94. And so and it was just it was that kind of like weirdo, like I'm in, like, I think I was f- trying to. Uh, find myself Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know and and with that it like it was like I was in on a secret or something you know and so like we're you know we're there for Boston 94 and again I was just with like two of my friends and you know they get in this hot dog and I'm like what you know this is just right you know like flying over the audience like what am I doing you know and and so so that so and and a lot of those they were the Amherst shows and and whatnot and then uh rolling into um going into 95 um so that Providence 94 stuck forever and then that um December 11th 1995 in Portland Maine Mm -hmm. uh was just huge and you know they did that um that uh weird dog log Oh, right. Yeah. Where they said they were going to do like an album of all dog yeah, logs or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, Trey's like, all right, you know, we're going to do an album and it's just going to be dog logs. Mm-hmm. And like, once again, this was a dog, like I hadn't really known, I didn't know dog logs. It wasn't on any of the studios, you know, right. and this is before, you know, I'm not the most organized person. So like having tapes wasn't <laughs> like, I'd maybe like keep two and then like listen to them until I lose them someplace. And then I'd find another one. Like, but I was never able to really, um, you know, have that collection that I think a lot of people did. So like, I really got to know fish through their studio, uh, albums at the beginning, funny enough. Um, but, um, that uh yeah so so dog log so he's like all right we're you know we're gonna make this album and it's just gonna be dog log and he's like okay so we're gonna start playing and then all of a sudden you guys just start screaming at the top of your lungs <laughs> yeah 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 and so he does that and then like then he goes then there and then that was it and then they went into whatever song they went into i can't remember what the song they into and then the next time they're like okay guys here's another one for dog log and he's like next time this time we're gonna play it differently and we want you guys to just start booing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then it was also something about like elvis it was the last time elvis played there that was his last venue yeah so yeah uh, yeah, fishman came out and was in a 
you know, an Elvis costume. And I remember the mango song being really intense. And then there was the naked tripping guy. <laughs> so Sweet. Like, running around the audience and he just was in front of us. He was like, uh, I mean, he was like gone. Like mm-hmm, he was like, mm-hmm. where are we? Who are these guys? Who are you? What are you doing? Wow. And yeah, like, whoa. And so it was just this like impression of like, <laughs> I'm in this weird freaking scene, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as far as that's concerned. So um, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we did the full... 96 and the full 97 summer tour as well so yeah and that you know those were you know those were uh, the 96 summer tour was really short Mm -hmm. it was how i I first saw the country so i feel like you know i hopped in i had my you know the patchwork clothes and and you know started to you know no one's shaving their armpits we had Mm -hmm. you know everybody's Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) eating burritos whatever Mm -hmm. it is and we drove straight across because it started in Park City, Utah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and went through, saw the Grand Canyon, and then started in Park City. And then that's when we right in, went right into uh, – that's the the big Morrison riot yeah. was, yeah. was that. Um, so – and, it, it, you know, I tell my parents, okay, I'm running off to follow fish. It was the summer I was turning 21. I turned 21 on that tour because my birthday's in August. Okay. And, mm, and so um, – you know, no cell phones back then, obviously, you know, right, my parents, right, right. the hell is this band? Where are you going? Like it was back in the day when you would like call your, you know, call the parent, your parents, like yeah, collect call pay phone or something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you'd have like, a, a f- you know, maybe seven seconds to say what your name is, but you would just say like, Hey, I'm fine. Everything's good. Talk to you soon. Click. Right. So they would hear that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but once again, it was about that community and it just everybody taking care of each other. Like if you didn't have something, then your neighbor did. And and being part of that was just huge. You know, it was it became who I was and it was my identity and um, and all my friends were part of it, you know, so. Yeah. Go on and on about that. I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna um, we're gonna have you back on, and let's we should break down like a, a the Portland '95 show or or a, or a summer '96 show because the fact that you were on tour then um, is awesome, and I have a lot of questions. But I yeah. I actually it's interesting because I I saw my first show in '95, and um, I didn't get to go quote unquote on tour until '97. But were you like? Were you camping and that whole thing? Were you like, it sounds like you were in it um, when so, you were out on tour or did you like go to a few shows and then stay with friends or were you like all in and they like, you woke up in the morning and started making grilled cheeses with people or whatever? Yes, that's exactly what happened. So <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Good guess. <laughs> Right. It was like, it was always, it was funny. It was like, always like the first rest stop afterwards. <laughs> I just like, we'd get to, and it was like, you know, a couple people and we'd wake up in the morning and it was just lot on at the, at the next rest stop. That's just how it was. So then summer 96, that was four of us in a friend's car. And, uh, it was now my ex who were so good friends. Um, but we did that. And, um, so the red rocks, um, in particular is actually um, how kind of what got me connected with Tom and sort of my story anyway Mm -hmm. um, with the under the scales part of it, which we can talk about afterwards. But 
that was, you know, we didn't have tickets to Red Rocks. Mm -hmm. So the big problem was, is that, you know, we were pulling in and just like any other lot, you'd pull in, you'd set up camp. That's where you were, but they were not letting anybody in without tickets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we had no place to go, you know, so we like pull out and And you were the people in in the newspaper the next day about these hippies roaming, roaming the streets of Morrison. 100%. But, (laughs) (laughs) but what I managed to, what we managed to do is that, so we, instead of taking, like, I remember, instead of taking a right to go into Morrison, I believe this is what it was, we took a left and we realized there was people pulling into this, it was a point of geological interest and, and we pulled in and I, we got like the last spot Mm-hmm. that you could possibly stay at. And because it was like a hiking spot, you could, um, you could park there infinitely so, and the cops couldn't do anything about it. So we moved in for, you know, four days or whatever it was. And so we managed to stay out of the mess in Morrison. And again, this is before, you know, cell phones and all that. So, but you're getting word of mouth of what's happening. And, uh, but it was only, we thought anyway, we thought it was just like over that hill down this path and we could sneak in, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> right. And and it turned out so so we we, you know, we start hiking and there's like five or six of us, maybe a little bit more, but and we get down one area and there's a whole other hill and we're like, oh no, like, okay, so we keep going. And maybe I think it was like two hours later. <laughs> we're like the sun's going down and now there's not even a path anymore, but we're like, you know, you could kind of hear the rumble of the music and we're like, uh, shit, like we got to get out of this, you know? And, uh, uh, at one point we were, <laughs> we were literally scaling the red rocks and like tears coming down our eyes, like hilariously laughing, just hysterically laughing. Cause we're on these giant slabs of red box, like wow. trying to get to the show. And I look at it, you know, the overview of red rocks now. And I'm like, Oh, that's where we were. Cause I'm like, I didn't that's know. Crazy. Right. Yeah. And finally, and I kid you not, we, we crest over after scaling these red rocks. And finally the music that came through was you'll never get out of this maze. You'll never get out of this maze. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, Holy shit! <laughs> they know. They know. They know what's going on. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that was and we the hopped f- down. That was yeah. the f- end of the, toward the end of the first set of the first first night. Um, yes. And you guys, so you guys saw the rest of the. So did you see all the other shows too, or no? So what it was, so we 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 pop in a lot, and you know we tell these people you know that we bump into wherever and they're like dude you could have gone on that path like right there we're like oh jesus we didn't realize yeah Yeah, so because there's a spot behind red rocks um that or at least back then that you could um just hike up and there's that hill behind red rocks and i still have yet and and if anybody's listening i I honestly if you don't mind i'm just gonna say female centrics with the ph at gmail.com because i am dying to find anybody else that wasn't in my immediate group, there was about a hundred of us up there. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, yeah, all the nights um, experiencing it where we could see the lights, but we couldn't see the show. But I had bet we had better sound there than we did inside at Park City, Utah. Park City's sound sucked. I remember like cupping our ears to try to hear it. It was just, I don't know what it was or whatever. Yeah, but it just didn't, didn't work. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. So, um, and, and I've yet to find anybody that was up there, but I know that we were, cause we almost had like, it was, it was really, uh, one of the nights it was just, um, I know we're going, we're, you know, going into details <laughs> about this, but I'm, I'm going to say this one last piece cause this is just uh, amazing. So it was the night that they played, um, a day in the, 
A Day in the Life by the Beatles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were up there and we were watching because you could see Denver to the left and the whole mountain range to the right. We were watching. It was a storm. It was an, uh, um, a thunder and lightning storm, you know, coming up on us, you know. Did we move? Of course not. We're just like, woo, you know, watching the storm come up. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's coming on as it's, it's coming up, it's coming up. And they're playing a day in the life. And they, you know, we're coming to that part where it climaxes, where mm-hmm. it's like, and it mm-hmm. breaks off and woke up and out of bed. Mm-hmm. And I do not, a bolt of lightning hit the mountain right behind us, like right where we were. And just like, boom. And we're all just like, ah, like all of us like hopped up. <laughs> And it just settled down into like, woke up, got out of bed. And all of us were just like, whoa. And then they went into Purple Rain. We were Uh like, that's it. Fish is God. Like, (laughs) 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 Like, (laughs) that is Um, awesome. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) what what was the highlight of the Red Rocks run for you musically? Is there anything that you go back to now or that you particularly remember? Well, um, that was the first Harry Hood uh, chant. So... Um, whoever it was, which I remember it was on under the scales, uh, Tom was talking to, and forgive me because I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, was it burnt? He, it was a double, um, episode. It was really, really interesting, but he was talking about how him, he was listening to, um, Oh, whoa. Who was it at the time? Anyway, he was listening to somebody at the time and he was thinking about like the, how, uh, like chants go and he decided to pass out these papers to everybody yeah. to say, hey, when Harry Hood is played, you know, everybody yell Hood afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, and, and God, if I had only known, I would have held on to that paper because I hold on to everything. But for some reason, <laughs> I did not on that one. <laughs> well, no, yeah. And so, so, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I think um, it was Benji Eisen is the, is the person you're talking to, right? I, talking about. Yes, yes, Yeah, and yes. that was a whole kind of fishnet thing um, with uh, the handing out of the papers and all that. And that's pretty cool that they did that. Cause now that's a pretty big part of a uh, pretty big part of fish. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, and I was never in all, I was never inside any other shows. I was just on that hill outside, but I was able to be part of all of that. Except Got for it. the, I want to say it was the, um, the second or third night. It was the night after the big, uh, riot and we decided not to go back in there because of it because it was just a mess like we heard kids were I, a girl got i think hit by a car and there was like beer bottles and people were getting arrested and we were like you know what we ended up going to have lunch at buffalo bill's grave uh wherever that was uh, so i think it was this i don't remember what night it was but it was one of the nights that we decided to stay out of the mess because we were just like eh, i don't know i don't want to be part of that i don't know what was going on it was really crazy as far as you know um the hubbub and whatnot but in, in retrospect Pretty i think insane, it was the, the whole thing what yeah it really was it really was so it, and um you know again to be part of this like craziness in retrospect it was like you know it was part of you know the history that was building fish and because they didn't let us back there for when whenever they let us back whenever fish was was able to go back they banned <laughs> right, fish forever right. yeah i think <laughs> I think, um, yeah, so that was 96, right? And I think they played there um, next in um, 2009, 2009, yes, summer yeah. 2009. So, um, well, so we're going we're gonna to jump forward because I know that, you know, 96, 97, I know you kept seeing fish throughout the, the that whole period and, and throughout the, the years that they played and, and 3.0. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk yeah. more about this because I, we need to get in depth onto music, but... I do want to jump 
if, if you don't mind, to the podcast because yeah, I want to. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just curious. I mean, I know we, you and I, and Tom and, and others have had a lot of email back and forths about you starting this. And um, as with every podcast that reaches out to us, um, <clears throat> at first you're like, okay, so someone wants to do a podcast. That's cool. I've had like hundreds of people tell me they're going to do a podcast. And then the, the number of people who actually press record and say something is like, mm-hmm. you know, 1% of, of those people. So what, what kind of compelled you to, to, to do this and to, to start the podcast? Yeah, sure. So, you know, this all comes down to Tom and, and Tom Marshall. And I know I, I'm assuming huge part of an influence on your life as well mm-hmm, uh, with, mm-hmm. you know, starting Osiris and, and obviously, you know, you've got your podcast and whatnot. Um, so when he started under the scales, I, you know, I was, I heard about it and I started listening right away and just, you know, intrigued by everything that was being said. And it was in that November that he first started. Mm. And he said, okay, guys, if you have ideas for shows, let me know. So I, I shoot him an email and I said, Hey, I've got tour stories for days. Like, you know, if you want, if you're interested, just let me know. And didn't really hear much. I mean, I didn't hear much of anything. And it was in April where I look at my email and all of a sudden Tom Marshall is emailing me, uh, you know, uh. like, Woo, you know, like, okay, hey, Don, I'm all ears. I'm like, oh my goodness. So it took me a few minutes because I really needed to sit down and like, what am I going to tell him? Like, what, are, what are they, you know, <laughs> right, <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> what am I going to feature you really to called him, your you bluff know? on that. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's one thing to like sit here and talk fish, you know, but another thing to like actually write it. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a pretty good writer when it comes down to it. I just have to have the time. I've got three kids and, you know, full time job and, you know, stuff that isn't fish, whatever. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? we all do. Yeah. I also I don't yeah, want to I just want to interrupt quickly to say that yeah. one of the early things that you and I bonded over was having a both having a daughter named Cassidy. Oh, that's right. Which that's is, right. Which yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. And I just wanted to throw that out there. So anyway, okay. Keep going. <laughs> How old is your Cassidy? Um, 18 months next week. Oh, okay. Yeah. So right, right on part. Yeah. Uh, Cassidy yeah. Might, might just turn two. So, and then I've got my others, uh, Adelaide and Daphne are teenagers. So Adelaide's teenagers, first show okay. was it. Yeah. So, yeah Adelaide's so all, first show was it. All three of ours are under five and none of them have been to a fish show yet. So oh, I'm, I'm at the very beginning relatively, but, um, yeah, yeah built-in babysitters. I did yeah. this third one, right? <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so anyway, so, you know, so finally I, I, you know, I get everybody out of the house and, and it's a Saturday and so I'm focused and I spent probably four hours and I wrote out my summer of 96, uh, fish tour story and all the details of all of what happened to me at Red Rocks and yada, yada. And then, um, and then I also, we wrote about, um, I wrote about, um, our new year's miracle that we just happened to have recently, um, on the new year's 16 where, okay. um, and I won't go into details cause I, we have like, I don't want to get off it, but like we didn't, our tickets got screwed up through, I went through StubHub and I won't anymore, but I did cause I was weak. Anyway, my, my tickets custy, got messed that's up. Custy move. I know. So custy, but like, it was one of those <laughs> things like, shit, we have the money. Let's just do it. Whatever. <laughs> and, uh, but they got screwed up. And, and so when they went to scan our barcode, they were like, Oh, your tickets aren't, they're not right. And we went over to the window and the guy ended up giving us a uh, family section, like front row, well, to the side anyway. And so we rang in the New Year's with, um, with Fishman's, like literally I was knee to knee with Briar and oh, wow. 
Christian's kids. And yeah, I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. So, so I shared those two stories with him. So he wrote me back and, and, but while I was doing it, um, I was like, you know what? Like I am about, I'm about like a, a drop in what is, you know, all of Fish's fans tour stories. And, you know, I was like, it, it motivated me to try to start to put a book together. And so when I sent all of this to Tom, he was, he loved the, you know, my, the, um, Red Rock stories and especially that I was going to potentially put a book together. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let's do this. And so I started to put this project together and I started calling it things are true that I forget. I asked him if it was okay mm-hmm. um, for the, and, and um, like a bigger's dozen. I, you remember like passing notes back in the day where you'd fold them up mm-hmm, into like little mm-hmm. triangles. So I, I, I printed out like a hundred or so uh, notes and I, I, I folded them all up and I handed them all out at Baker's Dozen and I just, I slammed all the Facebook groups and I was like, tell me your tour stories. I'm like, and if you want to stay uh, anonymous, great. You know, that's fine. You just give me, tell me what you want to do, whatever. So I ended up getting about 50 something uh, stories, great mm-hmm. stories. I got a, um, a, a friend of mine who was going to be doing the, uh, it was going to be an audio book and, uh, on, no, 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 your book, but an ebook, sorry. Um, and so the, I was getting all of them in, but then, and, and so, so I was going to be on under the scales. And, but it wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't getting, I wasn't putting it together the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. The project wasn't coming together the way I wanted to. And I felt like I needed a lot more time. And so for me to go on under the scales with an unfinished product didn't feel, right to me. Mm -hmm. And it was incidentally at the same time that Bethany Barker had really started fish chicks and that was blowing up. And then, uh, Sophia Callisto, who I also, um, you know, that, that her whole project of the, um, music empowering women and the, yeah, which we'll, you know, we can talk about. Um, so both of these women were doing these amazing, uh, projects and being part and, and the, the female fish scene, I feel like is just starting to flourish in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. So I got in touch with Tom and I said, Hey, you know, what are your thoughts on, on when I go on to under the scales that I have Bethany and Sophia be part of this as well. And we talk about what's going on in the female, um, fish, you know, fan base. And he got back to me. He's like, well, I think that you should start the first female centric fish podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. So Cyrus and this and that, so, so this, you know, it was almost immediate and, you know, my husband, Jason and I, Jason does a podcast uh, called Wiz Kids and he does that with a couple of his friends where mm-hmm. they just shoot the shit out life and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he'd been doing it for a while and I'm like, oh, it's easy, you know, like not easy, but like, you know, I talk about fish all the time anyway. So he's like, yeah, go for it. Like, why not? So I write back, oh, sure. And then that's when you guys both hopped on it and, and I'm like, oh, okay, wow, I'm really doing this, you know, <laughs> like, um, right, and right. And, and, you know, my husband's podcast, they use, um, you know, their iPhones and they've got a couple, you know, they, you know, some good microphones and whatnot, but, um, I wouldn't be doing any of this if I didn't have my producer, Ryan. So uh, Ryan loves podcasts and he's got an amazing recording studio and I connected with him about it and he's a, like super into technology and he knows all of this, like the back of his hand. So he's like, yeah, let's do this. And 
So then connecting with you um, about it, you had you were mentioning that there was a couple other people Mm -hmm. women who are like, all right, you know, wanting to get into it too. And I'm so competitive. So it was like, as soon as like, you know, Tom was like, you know, oh, you start the first female fish podcast. I was like, "Uh, I'm going to race. Like I got to do this shit. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you did a good job. Um, Yeah. 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 So I just, I, you know, I, I was quick to hop on it and I knew Bethany, I wanted to get Bethany on there and, and, you know, I knew my co-host. Yeah. So, so here we are on that one. So did you, um, it sounds like the way you're explaining it is more like a, um, seeing the potential of this conversation to evolve and not just, not like a, um, these dudes are really annoying because they just like are dudes talking about fish all the time. It sounds like it was, it came more from a place of like, this is like this female perspective is growing, not wanting to like, um, I don't know. Do you, maybe, maybe it's a little bit of both. No, 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 no. So, um, so I didn't, I didn't, I never really thought of it until you and Tom brought it up in, in that way that there, there hasn't been a, a big, uh, female voice mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. and in, in the podcast world anyway, you know, and, and but I, I think in general about, too, yeah. like not just podcasts, right? Like just in the, like, what it sausage fest, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, like the, yeah. <laughs> online, I mean, blogs, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, like there's, it's mostly dudes and like just the brief stories that I've heard from you on this and, and, and uh, other times we've talked like, you're you're as legit a fan as I am, if not more. So I, I think this is like it's important to bring perspectives to the table that aren't just like the typical perspectives. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. But I hear you. I hear you on that one. And and I think that you know, um, I, um, I, I've got an interview tomorrow actually, actually with a woman named Denise Goldman and Stephanie Jenkins who are on the are bringing the academia mm-hmm. part. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So and, and so I'm reading Denise's. Um, uh, presentation that she just did recently. Um, and you know, she was talking about just how, you know, bringing the emotional, of course, cause we're women, you know, peace into it where it's not so much, um, about the technical aspects of each, um, concert or song yeah. or whatever, which what I was saying to you earlier is like when I was like, you know, inviting myself onto your podcast, like I want to come break apart, you know, fish no, with no, you, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. but like, you know, so talking about like, just like the, and, and then I think that that's what it is. It's just that it's bringing the, uh, a lot of the, the, you know, touchy feely kind of lady aspect to it, you know, and, and, and looking at it that way. And, and, uh, um, so, yeah, so I guess to answer your question, I, I wasn't coming at it in any way in particular as far as that, um, you know, oh, it's yeah. the girls versus the guys. It's just more so like you guys were right. There wasn't. And and I'll talk fish for days, you right. know, like I can, like you were saying, like, right, you know, yeah. like well, I think <laughs> my poor work. I think that's all she hears about. Well, yeah. like, just Everyone has, like, yeah, everyone has someone in their life like that, right? It's like, that's yeah. like, wow, this person's really weird. Um, yeah. But what's really interesting to me is that, like, I think you're right about the dynamics, but it's also, like, very gender um, traditional to be like, well, the women are going to, like, talk about the emotional things and the dudes are going to, like, break down Silas or whatever, which is generally true. But I find with this podcast, at least, the most interesting conversations we have are when we, like, fish is representative of something else, you know, and um, and you I think 
maybe women are better at getting to that more quickly than than men who like it takes 45 minutes of conversation to figure out that like fish is the way that this person actually learned how to like uh you know live the life they want to live you know what i mean like sure, yeah, i think but yeah. i think like women might be better at just like in the first five minutes it's like yeah well Cut like fish like <laughs> fish like changed my whole life and now i understand like x y and z i don't know it, it's interesting but it, i feel like that's what when we do things right with this podcast we're actually at the same point that that, that you're going for it just takes sometimes longer to get there <laughs> yeah yeah well and and you know my thing was is that i really wanted what i wanted to do was um i i guess is give give the voice you know come from the woman uh, um woman perspective but give your the fish fans a voice mm-hmm. you know and, and and that's what i've been finding through all this is that we're doing some amazing things and and everybody wants to be heard and everybody wants to be part of something. So to, um, put this out there and especially with having, you know, Tom, who is this, you know, he might, you know, he is, he is the, you know, they say Crota is. So, so if you've got Crota and you've got Tom, it's the fifth, six and, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. right. And then, and, uh, and the dude of life as well, you know, it's like, you got this fifth, sixth, seventh, and you might as well throw, you know, Pollock in there too, you know, as far as that part is concerned, mm-hmm. like these, you know, instrumental people, but like Tom has almost become like, out, like the voice of, of, of the fan as well. Like he, uh, he's so supportive and, and real when it comes down to it. And it was, um, I'm, I'm starting to not be so fangirl, like I'm getting used to connecting with him, but it's still just right. But it's just still like, I think my husband said, like, you know, I just would screenshot, like, you know, when, if him and I text back and forth, Tom and I would just say like, you know, you know, text from Tom, I'd be like, Oh, look, you know, we like short messages, right? <laughs> so it's, it's, getting, you know, uh, you know, uh, easier to be part of that, you know, but it's just, uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a it's, this is this is definitely a, a great. I'm meeting some amazing people, and there's a, a lot of people that are, that are doing really important things uh, involving the community, and just to be able to share my joy and the love of this mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. with the fan and, and everybody, and talking to it and, and talking to everybody, and then for me, the music, you know, bringing the music part into it is our game show, Market mm-hmm, Price, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. which was created because so my husband Jason who's 10 years younger than me, you know, I brought him to his first show and that, this is another one, like you could break apart. I don't know if you've heard, if you've listened yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. Yeah, October uh, 26th of 2010. Mm-hmm. Outrageous first show to go to, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, and so, you know, he came in one morning and he's like, I'm listening to it. He's like, oh, I love old fish. And I was like, like my heart beamed with pride, you know, I'm yeah, like, what? Yeah. No, you know? And then, so he starts playing. I suck at it. I'm terrible. At it. <laughs> and he's so good. Uh, and so the first episode, you know, we played the old fish, new fish, which, you know, was the, you know, either pretty much before hiatus or after mm-hmm, hiatus. Mm-hmm. You know? And, uh, and then that's when it evolved into the market price that is now, which is the play on price is right. Um, where you have to guess the date and whoever guesses without, going over and i keep saying like wins jewels you know whatever <laughs> right, <laughs> right. well um, so you're doing a great job and i think it's really entertaining and i'm sure you're like you said you're learning a lot and meeting a lot of people what's um what's like the biggest thing that you've learned so far since you started a podcast um i learned that i i believe that that there's just um you know the fan base 
of what we're doing is there's so many of us doing so many good things. And that's what I was just talking about. It was like Bethany starting Fish Chicks and Sophia's uh, Music Empowering Women Project and uh, Kelly Morris. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Her Be More Now project. Like, yeah. She, so cool. Just connecting with her. Yeah, just connecting with her. Um, like I have, I, I run a preschool. It's beautiful. It's a forest preschool. It's called eyes of the world discovery center. And that's, that's what I do. You know, I'm the director of it and I teach pre-K and we're out in the, in the woods, um, all the time, um, every day. And, uh, but there's a lot of being, being the director part of it. There's also like, you know, the admin side of it that, that can get tricky, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, Kelly just brought this, this light to me that I was like, you know what? Like, I don't have to get so bogged down by the everyday, hmm, I don't know. I guess I could just go back to that administrative part to, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. life, to life in general, not just my job, but like that, like boring or just like, you know, people's drama or whatever it is. And so meeting Kelly just lifted this and I didn't even physically meet her, but like, you know, connecting mm-hmm, with her, mm-hmm. um, she's just it popped in my life. You know, it just, I don't know. She's done a lot for me as far as that. And then Hannah with cash or trade has been great. And then, um, I just, so this week we're going to release, I ended up, uh, interviewing Mark Filaramo, who he was the one who wrote the, um, elementary school fish musical. Oh, contest. okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, seeing, and so he's actually our first guy that we're going to be interviewing. And that's the, one of the things I do want to say is that like, just because, you know, so, so far I have only interviewed women, but, um, but this is, this is about a woman's perspective. It's not just about what women are doing in the fan base, you know? Yeah. So, uh, we've got a big one coming up is Carl Gerhard, who's the trumpet player for, um, uh, giant country horns and he's playing with the uh, jazz's fish now. So we're interviewing him in a week and a half and he's actually coming to stay. He's going to stay at Christie's house, my co-host, uh, cause he's happens to be playing nice. in the town next door. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's just once again, you know, from podcasting is it's, um, oh, and as I say, um, I'm working on not saying ums, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> you know, right. It's so hard sometimes. <laughs> Cheapers. Uh, but, I think it's just, you know, trying to stay, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, it's important, I guess. Does mm-hmm. that mean, you know, and I guess this comes back around to my whole journey the whole time is being part of something that's important. And and here I am as far as, you know, I was 1.094, I was at the first hot dog, I was at the first Harry Hood, yada, yada. And now I'm doing the first female podcast. Like, yay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, you're doing a great job and it's really cool and it's a it's a fit for sure. Um and I think, you know, people should check out check out your podcast obviously. Um I know that you just did this um trip to to the White Sands. Um maybe that's a good way last question to kind of ask before. I think we should maybe go out with a some of the first set from that Portland 95 show like the Dog Log Tube. Mm-hmm. Dog Log. Um you know, so we we can figure that out. Um mm-hmm. but but tell us about the White Sands trip real quick. Sure, sure. So, uh, so Sophia's Callisto's her project is um, about she 
she was walking out of um, 2005, no, just this past year's dicks, and she was just like, look at all these women. Like, some hot women. Like, we go out there, and we're, like, dressed to the nines. We got our freaking sequins. We got our sparkles. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, like we're, like, we're in it to win it. She was like, oh, this should be, like, a pinup, like, a calendar kind of thing. And then she started really thinking about it, and she's this, this amazing artist, uh, a photography and makeup artist and costume designer and whatnot, and decided to create this book. And so she sent out questionnaires about, uh, I think 140 of us involved right now. And we, um, you know, filled this questionnaire about, you know, why do you pretty much like, why do you love fish? Like what, what is your thing? What's your favorite song? Whatever it was. And then through our, our answers, she has created the, she matched us with either themes or songs. So my theme is free. Uh, my daughter Cassidy, I, I had her at home in my uh, in my dining room, mm-hmm. and uh, my co-host, uh, one of my co-hosts, Baker Nicole Baker, she w- she created the uh, soundtrack for my birth, and she was there, and she cued uh, exactly what I wanted. It was the uh, Mountain View 2015 free that I wasn't there for it. I was actually dancing here alone by myself, but it blew my mind mm-hmm. my feet mm-hmm. free and so she queued it up and cassidy was born to free or whatever so anyway so so i'm i'm matched with free and but there's everything from like the coventry poster is one of her themes to mike's blue lipstick to you know mm-hmm. her take on sloth <laughs> like that's yeah like and, and what she's putting together when she sends out these these profiles, I guess you could say, is what the makeup's going to be like, what the hair, what the background is going to be. And we're spread out all over the country, you know? So, um, uh, like Bethany Barker is going to be Susie Greenberg, you know? So there's like, Mm -hmm. you know, all these Mm -hmm. like different. And uh, so, but she wanted to kickstart it with the group uh, photo shoot in White Sands uh, Dunes, New Mexico, which is just unreal to, for the song Sand. And her, when she first sent me the portfolio, the, I guess, I guess a portfolio or profile for it, it was like, uh, we were going to be dressed up like mummies kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. It's like, what is this? Like, this is kind of, but when she explained it, like she's really doing the take on the, you can't, uh, heal a gunshot wound with gauze. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the gauze aspect of it all. And then the, um, the religious part to it. So, and how mummies are, are alive even though they're dead kind of thing and and i just i'd never thought about sand in that manner you know mm-hmm. uh anyway so so in, it was it was all expenses paid we just had to get our airfare and i was like yes i'm gonna do this yes like you know school teacher in maine but like screw it let's go to you know yeah. like run off for the weekend you know and and we did and there was 13 of us that came together and I think Sophia might have, you know, I think Sophia knew a couple of, um, definitely knew Jess, who was our makeup artist, and uh, Michelle, I believe, and um, but the rest of it didn't didn't know each other, you know, mm-hmm. and so I got picked up right off the bat um, by Melissa, and we, you know started you know we sat and we waited for the rest of the girls and like Gina showed up and it was right away she was like this chicks like right away you know like knew mm-hmm, us and like mm-hmm. and it was by that night that we were like we're white sands tribe now like that's is our thing and awesome. so the next day yeah like the next day at the Airbnb she just spread out all the outfits she picked out and the jewelry and we all just gravitated to exactly what was meant for us and in whatever way and then the makeup came on and we just turned into like our like inner goddesses came out <laughs> and it was like you know like it, it was 
but none of us had modeled before. And so we're there. She wanted it to be like, you know, a lot of it was like real serious and like, you know, like, you know, give me your fears. Like, you know, and like we did. And it was just, uh, uh, when it says music empowering women, it did empower us. And all of us were in our, you know, I think late thirties to, um, you know, I don't, maybe like, you know, between like late thirties and 50. So, um, to, to bring that out of us where we're, you know, moms or not moms or whatever, but just living a regular life out throughout the life. And then all of a sudden we're these, like the way I'm like, we're like fish supermodels now, yeah. <laughs> you know? <It's> really cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. She's like, she's, she's nailing it. She's nailing it. I can't wait to see what else we have going on there. Like I've talked to you, you know, about us, um, having a live shoot, um, at Curveball, yeah, and yeah. she's got some really, really great ideas as far as that all, all is concerned, and how you know we can kind of connect with uh, um, Osiris awesome. and Osiris and whatnot. Yeah, too. With the same thing with the, again market price and uh, the ideas of of that whole part of it. But it's just yeah, it's yeah, it was it's amazing, really mm-hmm. cool. And I like I know how excited you are about the stuff you guys are doing and the stuff you guys will do. So um, really amazing, and thanks for coming on to chat with us about it because this has been uh, we do need to spend more time talking about fish um mm, but, yeah 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 that no, was an honor it's, it's an honor to be i mean you're you're you know what they say like the godfather of a podcast but like <laughs> right like you've been doing this for a long you're the first one which again we like are. yay for you right we, and yeah we have a good team you know like brad and i started it five years ago this this month actually so maybe we should do like i guess this is probably it so this is the five-year anniversary episode so Awesome. Um, thanks for being on it, but you know, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it takes a village. Um, but so people can, can obviously find you on, on, um, you know, iTunes, Apple podcasts, wherever they get podcasts, female centrics yep. or, or on osirispod.com. Um, yep. you know, if, if that's your avenue of discovery. Um, so Dawn, I think we should play a little bit of that first set from, uh, from Portland 95, but, um, I really appreciate you you coming on. And what else, is there anything else you want to mention or, or tell tell people from HF Pod before we let you go back to your evening? Yeah, 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 sure. So, um, yeah, so we're on Twitter, and then I, you know, we have our our Facebook group as well. But yeah, I guess it's just you know subscribe and and let us know. I would love reviews um, as far as um, that part is concerned. I think that's important. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, but. And then also too, if you're if you're interested in being uh, interviewed on Female Centrics, please get in touch with us. My email's uh, female centrics with a ph uh, at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, thank you all. You know, this is my love and my life, and I'm I'm so happy to be part of all this. And you know, obviously, I want to you know thank Tom so much, and and then of course you know Trey and Mike and Paige and John for for being. Yeah. for being you know <laughs> for, for creating thank you it's you know it's a good thing to be thankful for um for sure. awesome cool well thank you don and thanks for joining um and people should check out female centrics if they haven't already so thanks thanks again for coming on don awesome thank you what is a city without its music the legacy of the new york philharmonic is incredible nearly two centuries of history that's a lot of music and a lot of stories i was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking i can't quite believe this is happening join me jamie bernstein as we explore the history of the new york philharmonic it's the ny phil story made in new york a podcast about a city its people and their orchestra 
Listen wherever you get podcasts. thought of something funny during that last jam there. Uh, let me tell you about something that we're doing you guys can help us out with. Just kind of came up with this idea. Do you want to... We're doing this. We're doing this other album here on the side. What we've been doing. We'll let the secret out of that. Every day when we do sound check, we, uh, we do this song "Dog Log." You guys know. And every day it's totally different. So what we're going to do at the end of the tour, we're going to put together all these things and put out an album called "Dog Log." Fifteen different versions of "Dog Log." Suddenly I thought, you guys could help us out on this one. So what, what we could do is. Uh, we start playing dog log and everybody's totally silent as if we're, you know, like a sound check. And uh, at some point during the middle of it, like I'll give a signal or something, and then everybody just start booing, like, this sucks, you suck, you know, just screaming. And then we'll stop it, and that'll be on the album. So, uh... Uh, don't start, like, let us start the song, but you have to be really quiet so that on the album it sounds like we're doing it in soundcheck. Suddenly all these people come in and just start playing. And then, uh... <laughs> let me see. After you, I right, scream, scream, you know, really scream at us like you just hate us, you know? Total hatred towards the stage. And then I'll give you another signal at some point and you can stop again and then we'll be able to get out of it. So, let's start the song. You guys have to be quiet.
want to do one more, one more for the album here? I don't want that push. This one, we'll, we'll start it again. This time, when I give the signal, everybody just do the most obnoxious, high-pitched, piercing scream. <laughs> and what'll happen is, you guys keep screaming, and we'll just kind of fade out underneath so it leaves just you screaming. And then when I give the next signal, just stop. And that'll be the whole thing. So on the album, it'll be like about, it'll be like a one-minute song, okay? We start playing, you guys are quiet. I give you the signal, and when I give you the signal, it's just the, and then we'll stop. You guys keep going until I give you the next signal. That's all you have to do. We're going to stop underneath you, leaving you singing or screaming. And then we'll stop it. Does everybody understand their mission? with the song itself. It's got to be totally out of place. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, 